This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV series, episode by episode. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And break out your coffee machine, listeners. <laughs> We're having fun with crimes and cappuccinos. Oh, wow. Yeah, great title. You know, it's not particularly a pun on anything, but I'm enjoying the alliteration of it all. So that's nice. Crimes and misdemeanors. I mean, oh, maybe. it's not very similar like cappuccinos, no. misdemeanors, but um, they do like a film pun. They do. They really do. But yeah, I I feel like this just works even on its own. I like it. Yes, same. Well, we will start as usual with uh, blurbs and uh, I'm going to get going with the Wikipedia blurb, Mm. which is quite detailed. Now, let's let's see how accurate it is (laughs) now we've watched the episode. Jessica spends time with Edith after Lila disappears. (gasps) True, true. Mm -hmm. But as Edith and Jessica get closer, Edith and Liz grow further apart. Ooh. Also accurate. Mm. Lila drives her kidnappers crazy. <laughs> also true. <laughs> a cappuccino machine left at the moon beach turns the place into the ultimate hotspot. <laughs> well, that is true. And we learned that the sweet valians are easily impressed. Oh, uh, they they're not ready for caffeine. Like they don't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> they lose their minds. <laughs> It is absolutely nuts. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, that's pretty accurate. Actually, it is quite accurate. Although I do enjoy how it makes it sound like it's a magical coffee machine that like turns it into oh, yeah. a coffee <laughs> <laughs> with All a on its own. with a sprinkle of stardust. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what does Amazon have to say? Is it like five words? As usual, yes, it's brief and to the point. <laughs> so, yes, on Amazon we have kidnapped for ransom. Lila disappears, so Jessica hangs out with Enid. I mean, I guess it is accurate. It doesn't really give the vibe of the episode. It really doesn't. And I have to say, when I read that at first, I was like, this is very much kind of like making light of Lila's <laughs> kidnapping. But as it turns out, it actually is quite true to the uh, to the gist of things in the episodes. So I was like, okay, fair enough. It really is. <laughs> Well, we begin this delightful, just got a spoiler alert, say that right now. This episode (laughs) is so much fun. Uh, We begin it at the Moon Beach and Lila enters holding a package and uh, declaiming dramatically. Oh my God, Lila's doing a Southern accent and I fucking (laughs) love it. (laughs) She's like carrying a coffee machine in her hands and still managing to pull off this kind of like Southern (laughs) bell. Act. It's great work by her. <laughs> She's feeling weaker and weaker. My dear friends. Yeah, it's like it's getting darker. This is it. <laughs> like it's all very dramatic. <laughs> okay, Blanche Devereaux. <laughs> well, at the counter, Lila or Cheryl, quite understandably, has a headache with this mm. going on. And uh Lila collapses into a booth and Jessica's like, oh, come off it. I know you're only taking Agnes acting classes to beg for a bigger allowance. And uh, she claims she's the real pro around mm. here. Yeah, and that Lila's just an amateur. And I have to say, Shirley Elliott's facial expression at this line reading was <laughs> wonderful. She looks so offended. <laughs> Shirley Elliott is fantastic in this episode. Yes. Like, an yeah, absolute joy. She's great. 
<laughs> so true. So at the counter, uh, Cheryl begs Winston for an aspirin because she's been stricken by a migraine. It's just come totally out of mm. nowhere. Uh, Winston sadly needs a little help with the child lock on the pill bottle. Yeah, it's a childproof cap, but also a Winston-proof cap, it seems like. <laughs> he eventually uh, manages to get it loose, but like the tablets just go flying everywhere. So there's like literally one left in the bottle for Cheryl. So he's like, here you go. <laughs> Just to say, based on what happens later in this episode, I thought we were going to find out that there this was not aspirin. Because oh. Cheryl's demeanour really changes yeah. after she takes it. That's such a good point. We could have gone the, the Jesse Spano route with the coffee <laughs> pills. <laughs> very, very easily. <laughs> She's so excited. She's so, so scared. <laughs> Well, we pan back to Lila, uh, who bemoans the fact that no one pays her the attention she deserves, and apparently including Jessica, who mm. ignores everything she says and just asks her about the buckle on her new belt. And uh, Lila is like, hello, could you see me? <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm complaining here. Yeah. <laughs> so Jessica's like, oh, so you don't like it. <laughs> so poor Lila's getting really annoyed. Um, and then Winston breezes over to take their order, but asks Jessica first what she wants. So again, Lila's like, oh, here we go again. Why are you asking her first? Am I invisible or do you need new glasses? <laughs> and uh, Winston says in a very deadpan manner, that, oh yeah, he can see her just fine. But unfortunately, he can also hear her just fine. <laughs> and Lila storms out. I do I do enjoy how they kind of they do annoy each other, like which feels very true to the like Winston Lila dynamic in the books. Yeah. Um, but isn't it interesting that like it's obviously so much down to the actors, because like when OG Lila and Winston annoyed each other, it was in a sexy way. But here it's like <laughs> it's a funny way because they clearly like just kind of clash and that's fine and it's funny. But like yeah. with previous Lila, it was like, okay, and now kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different chemistry. Isn't it? But it's still great. <laughs> Well, Winston, uh, after like neither of them pay Lila any attention no. as she storms out and Winston says he'll give, get Jessica her usual. Um, but we cut to outside the moon beach where Lila is like, oh, is there something I need to remember? Then we get the return of her favourite cast member, Mystery Hands. Say Mystery Hands with a load of exclamation marks. I was so happy. <laughs> But yes, of course, so Lila has left without her big uh, coffee machine that was left on the counter. Um, but yes, yeah, so mystery hands grab her and like drag her off screen. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> Poor Lila. <laughs> She's been kidnapped! Exclamation mark. Yes, love an exclamation mark. Well, the credits will. And when they wrote, when they finish, we return to Sweet Valley High. And drama teacher, Mr. Fossey, which mm-hmm. I fucking love. Love this for them. <laughs> um, well, we, we learn that he is a drama teacher because he uh, he asks who wants to do their scene first. And of course, Jessica volunteers and starts doing an elaborate sort of warm-up routine mm. that involves a lot of stretching and peculiar <laughs> moves. It almost turns into interpretive dance at one point. I was like, what is actually happening here? <laughs> well, Mr. Fossey asks if she's forgetting something, but uh, Jessica doesn't think so. No, she's like, oh, she looks like genuinely confused. Yeah. And she's like, when well, I did my makeup and my nails. And she's like, you got me. <laughs> but it turns out she's gotten up without her acting partner. Um, So yeah, Lila's meant to be her acting partner for this scene. But uh, Jessica insists that she can just do both parts herself because she's very versatile. 
But Mr. Fossey says she needs a partner. And mm. Enid, sporting, of course, one of her mm. many, many trademark Baker Boy hats. This is an elaborate <laughs> sort of pattern on it. It's got a patchwork vibe. Great. Um, yeah, she volunteers to take part. And Jessica's mm. horrified. Yes, exactly. Of course she is. Because poor Enid, she's just doing her best all the time. Um, but yeah, Jessica mutters something about how it's a good thing that she's used to working with inferior talent and then does wonder where Lila is. Well, she's bound and gagged in a couch <laughs> and she's held captive by kidnappers who are clearly based on the couple in the opening scene of Pulp Fiction. A hundred percent this, <laughs> yes. <laughs> those of us who were in college in the 90s and plenty of those who weren't will have had the Pulp Fiction soundtrack and remember, as well as obviously go see it in the cinema well, and will remember that it opens with that scene mm. in the garret, in the uh, in the, the diner, where where they are addressing each other as like pumpkin and honey bun. Honey bunny, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, they are kidnappers are revealed to be a couple. Um, it's like my notes describe them as weird old guy and woman in polka dot blue dress. <laughs> but they're very like, you were great, Schnookums. No, you were pooky. Like all this kind of back and forth. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's 100% yeah. Yeah, the couple from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> well, they praise each other's kidnapping skills because uh, now they can get that timeshare in Florida they've been dreaming of. And um, one of them says they could get 200 grand and then the other says, oh, maybe we could even get 500 grand or even a million and then they take Lila's gag off and the way she delivers this is so funny it's great she's so outraged and she's just oh she's gas she says one million are you insane I'm worth at least 10 million and what's with the polyester gag she deserves cotton <laughs> yes something that breeds you know <laughs> be reasonable but um yeah so the kidnappers are going to make the call um but like lila immediately starts just making demands she's like there's gonna be some changes around here all this while she's tied to a chair uh, and she complains about the chair being made of what was it like no hide yeah to look is... up what that was it's like vinyl basically yeah like exactly leather. yeah had never come across that word before in my life i was like uh, what are these subtitles spelling out for me <laughs> i only know it because it would be like i think it must have been Stephen King novels or stuff, but like grubby diners from okay. the stand or something would have like nogahypes chairs and stuff. Ah, okay, your four mica tables. Yeah, exactly. Chairs. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I associate it with like a diner mm. booth, but okay. um, apparently uh, Pumpkin and Honey Buddy have... <laughs> <laughs> have a Nogahide chair in their garage and uh, Lila says they have to lose it. It's too sticky, which I bet it is. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So they get the Fowler Crest or as they call it, Fowler Manor answering machine. Now, (laughs) I initially thought, oh my God, we're hearing George, but maybe it's like a butler or something. Oh, it probably is. George doesn't have time for this because there's a lot of (laughs) things to be read out on this message because we hear the other side of the phone, which is... uh, Yeah, if you're calling for Fowler Industries, uh, press one. If you're calling for Fowler Technical, press two. And it kind of like fades to black and comes back again like some time has passed where the voice is now saying, if you're calling for Ted the Gardener, press 78. (laughs) And Max the Dog, press 79. (laughs) Suddenly the Fowlers have a dog called Max, who knew? Well, Lila asks them to speed it up. She's already missed her afternoon foot massage. But then she's like, but I guess you people will have to do when she waves her little trotters at them. She does, just like wiggling her feet in her little shoes. And she's like, come on, get busy. 
There's a lot of things about fish in this episode. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Going on there, writers. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we want to delve too deeply into yeah. that. Um, no, let's keep it moving. <laughs> we cut to the moon beach where a happy Cheryl, who is looking great in this episode and is mm. such a fun performance. I know we're fans of Cheryl, but yes. um, she's on top form in this and this one. Uh, she's wearing another sort of, she's wearing a lot of retro kind oh, of very. normal little shift dresses, headbands. Mm. It's it's her trademark look. And it's such a good look on her as well. I love a headband on Cheryl. Always yes, it really suits her. But mm. uh, she says she feels like a brand new person. <laughs> she does. Yeah, she's absolutely buzzing. Uh, so Winston asks her if this brand new person uh, would still like the same old thing. But Cheryl kind of looks around and she's like, how about a cappuccino? Because this cappuccino machine is now sitting on the counter. Um, and Winston, there are like other de- like boxes have been delivered that are sitting yeah. around on the counter too. So we can kind of, oh. I guess, make it somewhat believable that Winston <laughs> assumes Mr. Patman must have ordered this machine. So it's just kind of sitting there with a bunch of other deliveries. Um, yeah, because my notes are like, there are other boxes too here, to be fair. <laughs> it's like, how has he not noticed the sitting here since yesterday? <laughs> like, it's a big box. Um, just got to say it now. I, I do not buy that the Moon Beach does not have a coffee machine. It seems unlikely, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I worked in not super fancy cafes in Boston yeah. in the summer of 1997, which is when On your J1, Benny came out. <laughs> On my J1, on the source of all my American experiences. <laughs> my only relevant experiences to Sweet Body High. Um, but, uh, like, I learned how to make use a coffee machine, like a cappuccino machine, well, an mm. espresso machine that, like, yeah. had a milk steamer on it. And uh, on the first day, like it's not a it wasn't a weird fancy thing for yeah. for a cafe to have in those <laughs> days but i guess it is in sweet valley because true. i'm spoiler alert they all go fucking nuts they, do, they really do <laughs> well edith and jessica um enter uh apparently edith's been sharing her acting wisdom yeah, so she's explaining to Jessica that if you know if you're trying to do a scene where you have to cry, you should think about something sad. And she explains that it's method acting. Has she ever heard of it? And Jessica's like, "Oh yeah, sure, totally. Watch this." And like tries to cry on cue, but then can't. So she's like, "Oh, there's too many distractions around here." Um, she says she can't. Um, she can't do it because she keeps thinking about a date she has on Friday night. So Ina's like, "Well, why don't you think about getting? What if you got like a giant zit on Friday afternoon?" And then Jessica genuinely looks horrified. <laughs> so maybe that's going to help her actually cry on cue if needed. It's a great comic moment. Like the cast are on top form in this mm. episode. It, yeah, they really seem to be having fun, which is always just lovely to watch. Really is. Well, Winston gives Cheryl something that he claims is cappuccino. But <laughs> they book. don't they don't know what cappuccinos are in this town. <laughs> They've never seen one before. They don't know what to do. They absolutely do not, because this has a whipped cream on the top yes. of it. Well, Cheryl loves it and she's happy out. <laughs> I mean, good for her, I guess. All her international modelling has uh, mm. given yeah. her a taste for the finer things. Exactly. She's, uh, she's all chirpy, um, very unlike her usual sort of deadpan self. Mm. Uh, and uh, she says it's one of the best she's ever had. And another girl who's just standing around is like, is that a cappuccino? And then they all lose their minds. Oh, everyone's mind is completely blown. Like people are clamoring for a cappuccino now. Like the place is just like, oh my God, I want one as well. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Winston's got suddenly uh, a lot of work in his hands. I'm sorry. If like 
cafes <laughs> that were attended like round the corner from the fucking library in mm-hmm. Boston were selling cappuccinos served by me this at this period of time. There was no way Sweet Valley does not have somewhere that well, has clearly, foamy clearly milk. your cappuccinos weren't as good as Winston's cappuccinos because his came with whipped cream and apparently well, that's, that's true. Uh, <laughs> that's his trademark and that's clearly why they're such a hit. <laughs> well, a second later, everyone's ordering cappuccinos because, yeah. again, it's the only place in town that sells it, apparently. And uh, Cheryl and Liz uh, join Jessica and Enid in their booth where they've been bonding about method acting. And uh, Liz has news for Enid. Yeah, she says that she's, well, I was kind of, I had a bit of an issue with her wording here, but it oh, turns yeah, out. Oh yeah, Jesus I, Christ. Yeah, because she says, oh, that she's going to, she's decided to let Enid write a movie review for the Oracle. And I was a bit like, all right, Liz, fucking... Get down off your high horse here. But uh, Enid wonders what made her change her mind. And it turns out that uh, the 200 anonymous letters to the editor asking for Enid as a movie critic uh, swayed it for her. So I guess Enid's been campaigning hard. So maybe Liz has kind of uh, had her patience tested, in fairness. Again, Liz is I'm, Liz is kind of a terrible friend. Because remember that time when she was making everybody draw short, draw straws to go to that mm. concert? Oh my God. And Enid, she knew Enid really wants to go. Yes, her best friend. Like, come on. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh, then I did remember that Enid had for being a bad critic because remember she was a food, she did a uh, oh. restaurant review, she ordered like every single thing mm. in the menu. That's true. And that time she was like kind of hanging around the Oracle trying to help, she kept just wrecking the gaff and deleting things and <laughs> knocking shit over. <laughs> so, all right, fine. You win this round, Liz. <laughs> so, uh, Liz says that the first, uh, her first film assignment is Clueless in Seattle. Um, Amazing, yeah, very, <laughs> very good uh, film mashup there. Uh, apparently, the girls had been planning to see it together, and it starts in an hour. And Edith's all excited, but then she remembers she has another commitment. Yeah, she has to rehearse with Jessica for their acting class later. Um, and of course, uh, Liz is like, "Oh, I thought that Lila was Jessica's partner." But and then Cheryl wonders where Lila is. And it's like everyone takes a turn to wonder where Lila is at a certain point. But Cheryl's um, way of phrasing it is great because she's like, "Where is Lila? I sure miss the melodious tinkle of her expensive jewelry." And again, Cheryl is so chirpy, so she's like so upbeat in this episode, and she's so fucking delightful. Like it's just, I kept wondering there was going to be some kind of weird reason why she wasn't being so like sarky like she often is, which is also enjoyable when it's aimed the right way. Yeah, but, uh, but more relatable. As well. She's just so chirpy and cheerful in this. It was just really nice to see. It was. That's why I thought there was going to be something in those pills. Yeah. <laughs> it was going to turn out, it, I don't know, just like his pillbox full of E or something. <laughs> Might be a bit too heavy for us. Uh, so we'd yeah. in the moon beach. <laughs> um, so Jessica says Lila is probably at a spa paying people to pay attention to her. But we, t- we got to Lila. And she is holding up a soggy burrito and she is saying in, you know the way people really make a big deal of pronouncing a mm. word in another language correctly, but it becomes cartoonish because they're just showing off. <laughs> um, she says, burritos, bowlers do not eat burritos. She's but, really rolling those oars hard. <laughs> better than me. I'm very bad. Roller for us. <laughs> anyway, the, they're lost. The, the fowlers don't want to eat burritos. Mm, true. Um, she uh, pushes the place onto the floor. Oh my god! Yeah, my notes are like slides burrito off table like a bold cat. <laughs> 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 it's very that she's just like no. <laughs> Off it goes. 
not having it. <laughs> and then she's like, "Can somebody say catering?" And uh, the kidnappers are at their wits' end. Yeah, the uh, the female kidnapper just kind of storms out. I think she's just kind of she like does. starting to lose her patience already with Lila. So it's going to be a long kidnapping for her. <laughs> well, you know, should have done your research about Lila mm. before you kidnapped her, lads. <laughs> So we cut to the school and Jessica and Enid emerge from acting class, celebrating their triumph. And Jessica praises Enid's acting lessons, which is, you know, it's quite surprising for her. Mm. And Enid says she learned uh, all her t- tricks by watching her favourite actresses like Alicia Silverstone. Brilliant. Yes. And Jessica is now kind of bonding with Enid over this because she also loves Alicia Silverstone because like what teen girl in the 90s didn't. Um, So they talk about how much uh, she has like the best wardrobe in Hollywood and how great she was in the Aerosmith video. Oh God. I know. Videos. Enid's like they should give out Academy Awards for music videos. (laughs) Um, So yeah, then they talk about whether they've seen her in Clueless in Seattle. So it does seem like they're setting up Clueless in Seattle as like a sequel to Clueless oh, nearly at this stage. I wish. Um, which I would totally watch. I mean, I would I would pay money for Clueless in Seattle is all I'm saying. Same. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, they each decide, yeah, that they haven't seen it. And I, don't know, I can't remember which one of them was like, do you want to go? It might have been Enid actually. And uh, yeah, Jessica's game on for it. So they're going to head off to see Clueless in Seattle together. Well, we cut to the moon beach where everybody is going absolutely nuts ordering cappuccinos on this one like domestic machine mm-hmm. why does the moon beach does it not serve coffee normally I don't know um, Winston's taking calls people are trying to book tables it's <laughs> it's unhinged it's mayhem I think there is like another I feel like there are like extra coffee machines in the background at this mm. point potentially um, but I yeah Winston is, Winston's under so. pressure or well yeah it's not all relying on this one machine. But yeah, Winston's under pressure and he's like, I'm going to need some help around here because it's a one-man show, this this whole Moon Beach operation. And this poor young lad still has to go to school at some point. So. Oh, fat chance. <laughs> well, we cut to the casa and uh, Liz is in the kitchen doing her homework when Enid and Jessica come in after the film and uh, Liz is unsurprisingly a bit miffed because she mm. thought um, her and Enid were going to see it together and Enid says she forgot but that reminds Jessica of a hilarious incident that afternoon oh is this the yeah something about her like, no she says like oh yeah that's like the way you forgot to take your sunglasses off in the cinema oh, <laughs> Jesus. yeah sorry that was such a non-thing I didn't even write it down yeah. <laughs> So this is the, it's the first sign to Liz that like, oh my God, are they like bonding? Yeah, and, they seem uh, to have like inside jokes already. So yeah, exactly. Liz is a bit like, okay, what the hell is this? And Liz asks very rudely in front of me, it's like, where's your actual best friend? And Jessica, poor fucking poor Lila. Jessica's like, who? And it's like, <laughs> Lila. And Jessica is basically, oh yeah, I don't know. And then uh, she needed to bond over a story about Eden's yodeling uncle. Yeah, yeah, you know, that would be a weird sentence usually, but not when it's Enid, because there's always some relative up to something with her. So that makes perfect sense in this context. Um, but yeah, the pair of them just head off like laughing away. And Liz is very much like, what the hell is this? Like, what is going on? But it does seem kind of lousy that like people only seem to notice Lila's gone when it's like an inconvenience to them or like <laughs> there's, you know, some reason that it's they're not taking She's not around to take Jessica off their plate or something. Uh, I mean, I do feel sorry for Lila. Um, despite her antics, because um, as the sad guitar plays to, you know, highlight Liz's distress, we yes. cut to the kidnapping garage where Lila is chanting with her eyes closed, Miata, Miata, 
For like Heather Malone, she has a Mazda Miata. She does. And that is the car that she drives in this TV show. Uh, so good job on the consistency there. <laughs> but yeah, so the, like she is doing in the kidnapper's heads completely. Um, so she insists that uh, it relaxes her when she thinks of her car. <laughs> Just, just that's so funny. <laughs> but she's giving the kidnappers a headache um, yes. because apparently they've left multiple phone, you know, answering machine messages for George. They've sent mm-hmm. faxes. They put a, they've sent a ransom note, which they just tucked onto his car wind, like underneath one of the windscreen wipers. Just yeah, it's kind of the as they're saying all solution. this. It does show like a bunch of um, clips, kind of as they're going through all the the ways they've tried to contact George but like we do get a shot of the Fowler answering machine and this time it says you've contacted Fowler Manor please leave a message or any insider trading tips yeah (laughs) did like that it's just great and then there's like a fax machine that has like a Fowler fax label on it where like the ransom note has come up through and it's like hello we have your daughter (laughs) kidnappers Which I really enjoyed. But yeah, again, then we just see like a windscreen with like a, an envelope for Mr. Fowler on it. But it's all covered up with um, flyers for the Moon Beach because there's a cappuccino bar there now. And that's the big news in Sweet Valley. <laughs> Easily impressed. Well, Lila says he's a very busy man and he's she's sure his private detectives are tracking her mm. down in as they speak. Um, but the kidnappers who again are clearly at the end of their rope are like, if you don't tell me, uh, tell us where you where he is, it's back to the Nogahide chair. <laughs> and she says she never knows where he is. Um, which is the final straw for the kidnappers. They're just like the female one who had a headache earlier now needs an aspirin. Mm-hmm. And a sad guitar plays, Lila wonders if George even knows she's gone. I mean, oh. presumably not. It doesn't seem like it. No, it's not looking it's bad. It's very bad. <laughs> Well, we cut to the moon beach and Winston's dressed for success. Oh my god. I <laughs> I love I love that like when Winston is kind of like on some kind of weird mission or on a high from something, he gets like a little outfit to go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> he does. And he's rocking it. Yes, so he's wearing like, was it like a white dinner jacket? Is yeah. Like a white tuxedo kind of situation. A black tie. Yes. Yeah. Fucking great. He looks great. I just love it when he gets to like do a bit of dress up for some for some <laughs> stupid reason. <laughs> well, he greets the girls who look super cute, very 90s. Mm. And Enid and Cheryl are wearing cute little shift dresses. Um, but the moon beach is so packed that he has to squeeze the girls into a booth next to two beatniks. Yeah, yeah, there's these two lads all in black. One of them's wearing a beret, of course, glasses. The other one has like long hair, kind of like Winston's early season uh, mm-hmm. hair. Um, so they've got a polo thing. neck, it's a black yes. polo neck. Oh, yes, we're very much into, yeah, the kind of these, these are the arty types have now descended on uh, on the moon beach. So there's a whole <laughs> new scene here. <laughs> and Cheryl, who was still all super perky, tells one of the beatniks the black really brings out the highlights in your goatee. <laughs> uh, and because uh, she's so chirpy, she wants to do something spontaneous. Mm, yeah, she wants to just go do something. So Liz suggests they go bowling because uh, that's what her and Enid often do. So uh, Enid's like, yeah, OK, let's go do that. But then says that she's going to ask Jessica. Um, but Liz says that Jessica hates bowling, apparently, until Enid points out she didn't hate it yesterday, apparently, because she made an <gasps> incredible 8-10 split and they had a great time. So again, Liz, you can see the jealousy on her face because she's just like, what the hell is this? Now they're going bowling together? It's like, clearly, Jessica won't even go bowling with Liz. So it's just like... What's going on here? <laughs> so, yeah, she does say, you know, you're spending a lot of uh, time together. And like, mm. it's kind of, she doesn't quite go as far as saying, Jessica's always been an absolute prick to you. But she does point out that they never 
kind of got on and yeah. it's like oh you know she's so funny and implying that they've they've only seen each other for the first time properly yeah. and Enid said or Liz is like well she could be a lot of fun but as soon as Lila comes back things will change and Enid says uh, Liz shouldn't be silly she and Jessica are like this and she crosses her fingers um, and uh, the beatniks do the same as bongos <laughs> play yeah they, they nod back very like solemnly and it's like <laughs> yeah they're we're all in the same wavelength here guys <laughs> And you can tell because they've got bongos. In fact, they're not even playing bongos. Bongos just sort of come in yeah. as their as their soundtrack. <laughs> they just they just come with their own soundtrack. These guys, yeah. <laughs> well, we cut to the casa again, and Jessica comes in raving about one of Enid's insane stories about her uncle dying in a bullfighting accident uh, and uh, Liz rather meanly points mm. out because I don't think it's the time of the place to bring this up that Jessica's always made fun of Edith and her wacky family yeah so she's like oh but now suddenly it's really fascinating um, but Jessica kind of explains that look she never really listened to Enid properly before and Liz like she's so snappy and she's handling this completely wrong because oh, yeah. um, she's like so like why are you listening now um, and Jess kind of reasonably points out that she thought Liz would be happy that her and Enid are spending time to- together and that she's getting to know her properly um, and again Liz just she's just not having it she's like you know half the time you never even notice when Enid's around and now you're spending every minute with each other mm. like so like what the hell is going on here but uh but jessica's just like well i can't help it if people are attracted to me i'm a people magnet <laughs> yeah the way she delivers that is great yeah, it is it's so good yeah so she's just like you know i'm a social butterfly what do you want from me <laughs> <laughs> and liz asks why she's trying to lure liz's best friend away from her like what are you mm. getting out of it and jessica basically says she's being ridiculous and um and that she herself is being generous giving Edith a glimpse of her world of popularity <laughs> and cool and then she's kind of amused she's like oh finally seeing your dark side and it's not very pretty again great delivery like she's so funny (laughs) Liz Liz remains unconvinced she just doesn't trust Jessica and just thinks she has there has to be some reason why she's doing this or there's something in it for her Um, so yeah Jessica's like well maybe your best friend just finds you boring Uh, and heads off so Liz is just kind of left there to contemplate this and we do get some more like emotional guitar music on this because yeah Liz Liz is going through it apparently (laughs) there's a lot of sad guitar in this episode Mm, yeah Well, we cut to the moon beach and a bouncer has been installed, turning customers away. Somebody tries to bribe him. um, (laughs) And uh, then he lets in a hot girl who I thought Mm -hmm. this was going to go somewhere, but it doesn't really. (laughs) Just random Uh, hot girl. (laughs) Yeah. Winston's on the phone again. He's vetting potential customers, but then he turns to the hot girl and is like, there's always room for you. And in a kind of sleazy way, but, you know, uh, he's employed some waiters. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of like <laughs> adults in like flat caps. <laughs> there's a lot going on. It's very busy all of a sudden, and not just with like actual customers. Like there does seem to be an explosion in staff and some kind of yeah weird dress code going on or something. <laughs> it's all very strange. Well, Cheryl approaches at Winston hilariously because he's got a sort of personality transplant as well. It's like, my dear, how are you? It kisses both her hands. Oh my god, it's so funny. And again, I have expected Cheryl to like give him sh- some shit for this, but she is just on such a high all the way through this episode. And maybe it is caffeine fueled, really yeah. ultimately. But uh, she's just in such great form; they're just getting on really good. Um, so yeah, they're 
they're just happy out. So she says that he's a genius turning the uh, the moon beach into a coffee house like he's done. And Winston's like, oh, you know, we just have to be up on the trends and stay on the cutting edge. And again, Cheryl is like, you know, when I think cutting edge, I think Winston Egbert. <laughs> She's not joking. Like she delivers this very serious thing. I kept waiting for her to like undercut what she just said with some sarcasm, but she doesn't. She's actually being really earnest and sincere. And it's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Was it just me or was there a bit of a vibe between Cheryl and Winston? A hundred percent. Oh my God. Mm, (laughs) I'd like to see more of that. Please. (laughs) So uh, he's like, oh, well, like I think. But then she does kind of take the window out of his sails a little bit uh, Mm. because she says, uh, and she doesn't say this in a mean way. She's like, oh, you know, there's a cycle for coffee houses. Like one day you're on top, the next you're passe. And then she's all like, did I just say something negative? Oops. And again, it's like, it's all implying that something has caused this personality change. Yeah, yeah, because she's really not acting like she usually does, but like she's not being mean to him or like snarky or anything. And I do, I did really enjoy their scenes together when she was this really like cheerful version of herself. (laughs) Though I do love her being the, you know, once they got the balance right, when she wasn't Mm. just being picking on Enid, I do love that she gets to be the sort of the Daria of Sweet Valley High. Yes, that's the thing. Like there's, yeah, it's great when she's being that kind of deadpan way too. But like, but this was just, it was just such a weird change but it was also very enjoyable. <laughs> it was. And Winston agrees with her uh, with her warning words. He says he won't take anything for granted. Then we fall back and see he's getting a pedicure. <laughs> right there in the middle of the beach. He's just sitting on a stool at the counter and yeah, oh. there is a, a woman just working away. Yeah, giving him a pedicure. Very strange. <laughs> she goes off and uh, Winston takes another call and then Enid tries to get her get, uh, get in past the bouncer but mm. Jessica uh, leads the way and Enid is impressed and is like, do you know everyone in this town? And Jessica says, no, but everyone knows her. So of course, <laughs> she suggests a cappuccino. <laughs> Of course, I do love the fact that like she doesn't know everyone, but everyone knows her like 100% tracks with all versions of Jessica Wakefield <laughs> in all Sweet Valley universes. Like that makes perfect sense. 100%. <laughs> well, over at the counter, Winston gets a call from Creme de la Creme. Yeah, yeah apparently it is the coffee house magazine. Uh, so they've heard about the Moon Beach and they're going to send someone over to try out his cappuccino. Uh, yeah, so apparently if, there's, if he gets a good review, he's starts to uh, to jump into a bit of a reverie of his own and uh, starts to go on about how, yes, if this goes well, you can see a, a chain of Moon Beach cafes. You can see his name and lights. <laughs> he kind of stops for a second and he goes, I can see a date this Saturday night. <laughs> and again, Cheryl is there and she's really happy for him, genuinely. And it's like, yeah. that couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. And again, I was like, is she? No, she does mean it. Okay. Yeah. Could she be the date on Saturday night? Please give him a love interest for God's sake. Oh, it is ridiculous. Honestly. Well, over at uh, their booth, Jessica suggests the shopping trip to Enid. And Enid's like, so what what with me? And uh, she says she's honoured. And I'm like, Enid, just, you know, you don't need Mm. to say that. Just have a bit more dignity. Um, (laughs) But Enid also says, don't you normally go with Lila? Uh, on your mall trips. And again, Jessica's like, who? Who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Her. Oh, God. And again, she's like, where is Lila? But with slightly more emphasis this time. So maybe she's starting to realise, actually, Lila hasn't been around at all. But, you know, it's not really impacting her too much. So hmm. nothing really major crossing her mind yet anyway. <laughs> well, we cut to the kidnapping garage and find that Lila is forcing the kidnappers to witness her dramatic skills. 
I love it. So she's basically doing the scene that we kind of opened on again because she's just like, again, in her Southern Belle accent going, darkness surrounds me. My strength is depleting. <laughs> so she does this whole elaborate death scene and the kidnappers are just sitting there and like slow clap when she's finished. And Lila's like, thank you. Thank you so much. I ad lib a bit. You know, that's what professional actors do. Um, so she's delighted because she goes, right. Now here's another way I could have done it. <laughs> so the female kidnapper is like, Oh, I've got a migraine and when her <laughs> honey bun suggests uh, whooping her temples so she's like storms out of the yeah. room so. she tells him to back off so even though they've been so like lovey-dovey up to now she's starting to snap at him so the uh, things are starting to fray between the two kidnappers now <laughs> they sure are well, we cut to the Casa del Wakefield where Liz watches TV when uh, Enid and Jessica arrive and uh, Enid's certainly not wearing her trademark baker boy <laughs> No, she isn't. Because, uh, yeah, they come back and Enid goes straight to Liz and she's like, well, how do I look? <laughs> and uh, Liz says, you look like Jessica. And then Jessica chimes in and she's like, she does look great, doesn't she? <laughs> Though I have to say, she doesn't really look like Jessica. No, like, she still it still looks like Enid clothes, I feel like, at this stage. She's wearing like a giant sort of oversized, ill-fitting jacket, which mm. doesn't scream Jessica to me. Yeah. Like if she was wearing very shiny pink polyester or marabou yeah. feathers or something. Yes, or like a vinyl two-piece that was like <laughs> in some kind of pastel colour. Yeah, but it, it still looks like Enid outfits to me anyway. Um, for now, although she does turn up in something later that is quite Jessica, I feel like. Oh, that's true. No, she does. That was yeah. the one moment mm. where she, but at, the yeah. influence was clear. Definitely. But at this point, yeah, she's saying that Jessica redesigned her entire wardrobe. <gasps> um, and Les is like, okay, well, that's nice. But um, so what's the story with my review for the article that you're meant to be writing? Um, you, know, the, uh, you know, from the movie that you went to without me. She's very pointed asking this, of course. Um, and Ina's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. She's like, I oh, can get someone else to do it. And really just kind of brushes it off after all the hassle she gave mm. Liz. So understandably, Liz is like, what yeah. the fuck? You bugged me for ages for that assignment. And now you don't want to do it. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and Edith adds insult to injury by saying that Jessica pointed out it's it's no big deal because no one reads the oracle anyway. Oof, ouch, that's so mean. <laughs> Uncalled for. Yeah. So Liz is devastated. Mm. She wishes she knew where Lila was. <laughs> and again, it's only because it's inconveniencing her. No one actually yes. cares. Poor Lila. <laughs> oh, it's actually, there's a whole different version of this episode that's like mm -hmm. a tragedy of Definitely. Lila being like kidnapped and no one giving a shit. But this is the thing because like, it's there's just, yeah, there's not enough respect for Lila here because like a Wakefield gets kidnapped and it's a fucking three episode multi part arc. <laughs> Lila gets kidnapped and it's played for a joke for one episode. <gasps> it's not on. <laughs> well, it is a pretty funny joke though because mm. when we cut to the kidnapping garage, um, <laughs> it turns out that the kidnappers are now like have got their hair up in you know, protective gear and they're wearing overalls because Lila's making them redecorate their lair. Oh my God. So they're painting like the banisters of some random stairs, uh, bright pink. Uh, but Lila's like, no, this is all wrong. Fuchsia clashes with my hair. We need an off fuchsia. Um, <laughs> so, so she's kind of musing this in the background and the kidnappers start bickering and like blaming each other for this whole mess um, and still using their little pet names where they're like, whose idea was it to kidnap the demon child gumdrop? <laughs> <laughs> like this. Well, and, uh, the other one responds to that by saying, there's not a lot of millionaires mm. to pick from in Sweet Valley camel breath. Now, that is a lie. There were a lot of millionaires in Sweet Valley. 
good few, although they are decreasing because they keep getting sent to military school or threatened with it. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they just had to strike while the iron was hot and there was still a few around. <laughs> uh, well, have we forgotten the nudist rude, rude who crudely chooses food? <laughs> We he, only is- just, he only just escaped military school. So. Yeah, his days could be numbered. We don't know yet. Oh, well, we know they are numbered. Oh, so you see, they are running out of millionaires. There's a millionaire deficit <laughs> in Mead Valley for sure. They'll be down one more next season. Exactly. Well, uh, as they bicker, Lila looks at wallpaper samples and uh, then she interrupts them to say that they have a lot of work to do. But <laughs> they're not happy. No, definitely not. I think they tell her to shut up at one point because they've just they've had it with this one. Well, they sure have because uh, we go straight from their irritation to Lila being basically dumped outside the moon beach <laughs> as she yelled, "You can't unkidnap me! You're fired!" <laughs> it's great. Like she's kind of just turfed out of a car, and you just hear it kind of peeling away, and like her shopping bags that she's left with are all like thrown at her as well <laughs> as she's going. <laughs> So she uh, she storms into the moon beach past Roger, the um, the bouncer. She's just like, get out of my way. So she like, uh, yeah, comes in all like dramatic again. And it's like, call off the search party. Lila Fowler's back safe and sound. And Winston says uh, she has to rehearse somewhere else because he's got someone coming in to review the moon beach. And she's <laughs> like, I'm not acting. I was kidnapped. She says, don't you read the papers? And Winston says, yes, I do. And there's a big sale at the mall. Why don't you go there? And uh she, he manhandles her out. <laughs> Lila's disgusted. She's like, well, at least the kidnappers treated me with a little respect. <laughs> she wonders where they've got to. Mm. And uh, we come back to the garage. And actually, now we come to think of it, it's probably a basement, not a garage. Uh, just yeah. when we were talking Without about those banisters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, they're delighted. They've got a sunny delight, in fact. <laughs> They're lighting candles. They've got a giant bottle of Sunny D. It's all they need. <laughs> and each other. So yeah, they've made up and they're being all gross and smoochy again. And like uh, one of them says, let's never kidnap again. So um, <laughs> yeah, they're happy now that they're shot of Lila, even though they didn't get any ransom money in the end. They're just glad she's gone. And and so is the girl kidnapper's headache. So everything's sweet for them again. <laughs> Good for them. Hmm. They, uh, they're they not the worst criminals we've seen in this no, series. It's true. Well, back at the moon beach, uh, Lila approaches the counter and says, hey, there's my cappuccino maker. So I guess it was just sitting on the counter. It wasn't even plugged into the wall. Who even knows? (laughs) So Winston is like, get your paws off the cappuccino maker. Then he's like, please don't take the cappuccino maker. And as she storms out, she took the cappuccino maker. Oh, poor Winston. But yeah, then the crowd do some great crowd work. uh, And they're all like, no cappuccinos. I'm out of here. I'm sick of this place anyway. And then like we get the little extras voices coming in from off camera going, it's so passe. (laughs) (laughs) And basically everyone just gets up and leaves. They're so dramatic. They really are. And also, Winston, you must have had a coffee machine. Just get a whisk and some hot milk. You can can make this work. Not that hard to make. <laughs> well, the creme de la creme reviewer comes in and Winston's like, uh, how about a nice cup of tea? And the reviewer is not impressed. 
No, he's most unimpressed, in fact, and says that he's a purist. He doesn't drink tea, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, so he just turns and leaves, uh, offended by the suggestion and window. W- window. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I shred. I was going to uh, say. <laughs> Winston calls after him. He's like, how about some hot cocoa or Bosco or Ovaltine? And I guess Bosco is some kind of instant drink that I don't know yeah. about. That isn't a little puppet with a squeaky voice. Like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so obviously all, all of his dreams are, are crumbling in front of him now as this guy storms out without a backward look. So Winston turns to Cheryl and he's like, you were right. I tasted the froth of success, uh, but in less time than it took to make a, a double decaf non-fat latte, I've become passe. And uh, Cheryl's back to normal because she's like, oh, can you keep it down? I have the worst migraine. No. But he does stroke her hair in a very affectionate fashion. I noticed that too. It was very cute. So Mm. more of that, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then Liz and Enid, uh, the latter of which of whom is wearing full Jessica drag. Mm. That's exactly what it is. Can you describe it, please? Oh, God, I try to remember. I know that she's wearing, it's all black, I feel like, but she's got a sort of silver top. Silver, but there's like a, a kind of a see-through shirt yeah. tied over the top then as well. Um, it's like a silver lacy cardigan thing. Yes. Yeah. And it's, yeah, the fact that it's kind of like small top and see-through stuff is yes. extremely Jessica. Exactly. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, they enter and they're like, oh, well, it's the, we can get a seat today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cut to Lila, who's at the counter telling Jessica that she was bound and gagged as a, as a kidnappy. But Jessica's most horrified that she had to wear the same thing every day. <laughs> yeah, that seems to have been the worst part as far as Jess was concerned. Well, we cut across to the booth where Liz apologises to Enid for how she's been acting. And uh, she feared that Jessica was stealing away her best friend. And Enid, God's lover, is like, who? And uh, Enid, how badly does this girl treat you that you don't (laughs) automatically know you're her best friend? (laughs) I know. But then she insists that, look, there was no way that was ever going to happen. She's like, look, we'll always be best friends. And just because I'm hanging out with Jessica doesn't mean I can't hang out with you. And Liz is like, yeah, I know you're right. All three of us can hang out together. So they decide they could all do something that night. So Enid's like, "Okay, I'm going to see if Jessica can join us. Um, So... Poor Enid. She goes up up to Jessica, who's chatting to Lila at the counter, who just steadfastly ignores Enid every time she tries to get her attention or like she's just standing there going, "Eh, Jessica, hey, uh, Jessica. And it's so rude, even for Jessica. It is astonishingly rude. Um, And uh, she's just listening to Lila. Uh, In fact, she's actually, Jessica's kind of shit to Lila because... um, Lila's like, oh, would I ever meet those kidnappers again? And Jessica literally says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's this acting tip that I picked up. And it's what Enid said about, you know, Mm. thinking of sad things. And uh, I mean, it's not the most obscure acting tip. No, no, it really isn't. But I suppose it's just the fact that it's something Enid told her. Because then when Lila's like, oh, where did you hear that from? (gasps) Jessica's just like, oh, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Real dismissive. Um, So Enid then turns and apologises to Liz. She's like, look, you were absolutely right about her. And I shouldn't have blown off the movie review. Mm -hmm. And she's getting really kind of like upset and apologising. And Liz is like, look, it's fine. We're all good. Like, let's just go bowling. Yeah. By the way, when they when this conversation is happening, uh, Lila and Jessica are like, did you hear something? No. Like, oh, they, this there's mean girl shit. I did not like this. <laughs> and actually, I don't even think, I don't even know if it was mean. I think they genuinely tune out all other <laughs> people. 
in a way that's actually less mean if, it, if yeah. it's literally them like fully just not comprehending what's going on because they're so self-involved so okay, okay I'll read it that way that's better <laughs> still pretty worrying but yes I mean it's not great but yeah, yeah. it's not as vindictive <laughs> true so uh, Edith says that, you know, she shouldn't have blown off the, the movie review. And uh, this is like, oh, no, you know, it's fine. But, you know, how about going bowling? And Edith has a better idea. Yeah, she suggests they go to the movies because she's got this review she needs to write. So, yay, they're all good. Aww. And they, they head off together, all smiles. So we cut to Winston. He's on the phone and he's revealing a new business plan for the Moon Beach. Yeah, he's insisting whoever he's talking to can't possibly cancel their uh, Friday reservation because he's opening a liquid salad bar. Uh, and then he insists it's not gross, it's cutting edge. <laughs> uh, it, seems, uh, it seems like whoever he's talking to is hung up on him at this point. <laughs> he's like, hello? Hello? <laughs> hello? Aww. And then he hangs up and I'm just going to say he looks very attractive. <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> we can't help it. <laughs> His sad little face. Oh, God love him. And that's the end of Crimes and Cappuccinos. Oh my God, it had crimes and cappuccinos in abundance. So good naming and a great job by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters, what did you think? Did you enjoy Crimes and Cappuccinos as much as we did? Uh, you, you know where to find us. We are, are we? We're on Blue Sky. We are on Blue Sky. Yeah. Look, and wherever. We're, 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 <laughs> And other social media sites. It's, look, wherever we are, it's the same handle. It's always SVH Podcast. So if if you're looking for us somewhere, stick that into a search bar and we'll turn up probably. <laughs> and of course, you can email us. That's true. Yes, you can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram uh, where you uh, you did have some comments on the uh, on the look of the last disco-centric episode. <laughs> the Tamari said, uh, at the sight of the twins in their uh, platinum wigs, mm. all I could see is season five drag race Laganja screaming, I feel very attacked. Oh my God. As soon as I saw that comment, I could just picture Laganja straight away and there was very helpfully a gif added right after yes. <laughs> Just to illustrate the point. But like, yeah, it was it was very that type of oversized <laughs> wig. And yeah, I can't believe I didn't think of that, but great point. <laughs> Well, I am Sarah in 1981. Uh, like the Sweet Valley characters last week, found a, a little treasure from the from the 70s in her mother's wardrobe. Yes, uh, yes. I think it reminded her that uh, her mother had a necklace with the word Foxy on it from when <gasps> she was a teenager. And Sarah did dig it out and it's fucking great. <laughs> oh my God. It's as good as it sounds. It really is. It was so good. I did enjoy um, Pippi Ann Shirley's delight that uh, Enid and Manny finally figured things out because she just said she was so happy that Enid and Manny are finally on. Because they really did kind of stretch that out over quite oh, a few episodes. <laughs> a ridiculous amount. Like even the fact that they, um, the they acknowledged the fact hmm. that it was Christmas when they yes. kissed and nothing has <laughs> yeah, happened since. Exactly. <laughs> I actually am almost relieved that they did that because I would have felt a bit gaslit otherwise. Oh, completely, yeah. And then, you know, we get to that point and then there's Manny's nowhere to be seen in this episode. So hopefully oh. we'll get a bit more of the two of them because they are very cute. Well, at least we could be assured, you know, he is going to be in future episodes. So it's not hmm. going to be a Robbie... <laughs> Robbie, no November, November situation. situation. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Wither Robbie November. 
Um, <laughs> well, I was going to say we'll never see him again, but I have been reading the next book. Let's just say somebody makes an appearance who we all thought we'd never see again. So who knows? Robbie November could burst forth. And, uh, <laughs> Anything is possible, truly. <laughs> um, Sunshine Shield said Winston over Manny every day of the week in response to uh, Enid's amazing invitation to Manny to uh, join her at the at the 70s extravaganza when they did a little dance routine. And, uh, you know, Enid does have chemistry with both. But That's true. Yeah, I think we're now waiting for Cheryl and and and, uh, and, and Winston. Winston. I would like to see that. Yes, understand. <laughs> well, Pi Beta Alpha sisters, uh, you uh, please do share your thoughts with us on crimes and cappuccinos, and uh, we really appreciate you supporting the show. Um, we hope you're enjoying it as much as we do. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: you are going to enjoy next week's episode oh my god I'm, I can't wait <laughs> I have seen the opening scenes of it because um, Amazon automatically played <laughs> the next episode and I could not look away I had to force myself to press <laughs> stop because I really had some work to do but it's the soap opera one oh based god. on the first like I don't know seven minutes it is everything you could hope for I can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. I I did right before we started recording ask ask you if it's up there with 007 and uh, Anna said it's even better. So It is. It is. I think it's a high bar to, it's a high bar to clear, but I'm super excited. <laughs> I mean, now it doesn't have it's not quite as deranged because that did have like <laughs> Patty, the oct- Octopatty. Octopatty. <laughs> there was a certain uh, chaos to it already. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't quite that sort of standard, but it is truly magnificently unhinged. Amazing. So, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody will be disappointed. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm very excited. Well... We will see you in the main feed uh, next week for part one Mm. of the Pom Pom Wars. And I don't think anybody will be disappointed by that. It is a lot of fun. Uh, There's there's, like, it's got that spark that I think we've been missing for quite Mm. some time. Yeah, it's the 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 low stakes can be fun as well, like where it's literally, you know. It's cheerleading. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And Jessica's kind of being fun and scheming yeah. and kind of like a bit of an anti-heroine. So hey, you know. like fun Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I like that. There's a lot to enjoy. Um mm. and uh I guess we can we can give a more of a hint to our sisters uh in this feed. We're gonna be after part one of um the pom-pom wars. You're going to have to wait a little while for part two because we've got a very special two-parter coming up for Christmas. Oh, we have planned our Christmas episodes and yeah, they're going to be fun. <laughs> oh, they are. <laughs> and uh, I think quite a few people have been hoping mm-hmm. for what we're going to serve you as your Christmas dinner. And <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully none of us will be disappointed by the fear I'll offer. Oh my God. Hopefully you won't be so annoyed that you'll wreck the halls. Oh, uh-huh. there won't be any bloody bodies. I was telling Karen beforehand about my terrible spoileritis that I've inherited. From <laughs> I'm just going to shut up before I say anything else, but uh, we will see you 
back in the main feed for part one of the Pom Pom Wars mm-hmm. next week. Yes. We will see you back here in our beloved clubhouse in two weeks' time when we find out what happens when the gang go on a search for Liz. <gasps> Ooh. That makes it sound a lot more boring than anything that I saw in this episode. But, uh, <laughs> Is it like Search for Spock? What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. This might not even be the right title because we've learned before <laughs> that Wikipedia somehow like removes all jokes from titles and <laughs> makes them make no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is the second last of the series. Oh my God. I can't believe we're like, yeah, almost done with series three. This has been such a fun series. It has. I think it might be my favourite. Ooh, and we don't even have our OG Lila. I know. No yeah. offense to her, but like, no, there's no. been a lot of great episodes mm. in this That's series. True. In this That's season, true. I feel like, yeah, I actually can't think of like a dud episode or one I was disappointed yeah. with. There's always something stupid and silly that happens that, like, just you know, <laughs> makes sure you have a great time. Like, I'm looking back. We had Shred Reckoning. <laughs> we had the Mud Do Chill. Uh, <laughs> yes, all oh, the ice cream truck. That was so good. We had the Mold Rats with a pig themed restaurant. Oh <gasps> Don't forget the squeal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real fucking bangers, in fairness. <laughs> we had Todd becoming a douchebag celebrity. Mm-hmm. We had AJ. Oh uh, we had My Fair Shred. We had the oh. disco competition. And like there has been a lot going on in this season. They've been busy in this school. <laughs> they sure have. <laughs> and not a lesson learned. Not a one. <laughs> I wonder does Mr. Fossey do like cardio funk or ja- jazz hands? He's doing jazz hands. Surely. <laughs> jazz hands and how to hump a chair artistically. <laughs> artistically, of course, yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, let us hope that uh, he'll bring some of that showbiz flair when the gang find themselves in a soap opera in two weeks' time. I can't fucking wait for this. This is going to be so good. It sure will. (laughs) See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.